Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really a big pleasure because on the CX Goalkeeper podcast, we have Monica Schulze. Hi, Monica. How are you? Hello. How are you? Also outside there in the world. Happy to talk to you, so to speak. Thank you very much. I am super thrilled to kick off the discussion strategy for sustainable growth because this is an important topic now and in the future will be even more important. However, we would like to learn a bit more about you, Monica. And therefore, could you please introduce yourself? So if you look at Monica Schulze, and I'm not talking about all the titles I had, I would say number one is that I'm very curious about people and other countries. Because I believe that if, you, if you're only living in your small box, meaning a certain city or a certain country, then you have a very small window of things, how you look at the world as well. So I think it's good that you look at other people, look at other countries and understand that there are different perspectives in life than your own. And I had the privilege to live in countries like Sweden, the Netherlands, Hungary. I also worked in the United States, in Japan. And that's something which really, I mean, influenced my life and, and the way I look at leadership, business and things I'm doing. The second thing which I think characterizes me is curious about new things. I was always curious about technology, always curious also about other people. And I love Pippi Langstrumpf coming from Sweden. And I will explain later why I'm so influenced by Sweden as well. She has, oh, she says I've never tried that before. So I think I should definitely be able to do that. And I think that's a philosophy that characterizes me as well. So if you have never tried something before, you don't know if you can do it, yes or no. But you have to go into something new with the attitude, yes, I can make it. And I think that's something which I believe is very important, especially today, because there's so many new things coming to our world that that should be something which is characterized by many people we look at them. And then the third thing is enjoy things you're doing. If you don't like your life, if you don't like your business, then I think you cannot be successful. And I am a big believer in success. So enjoy the things you're doing and then you can be successful. And positive energy in life is something I value a lot also with other people. So that's something which characterizes me as well. So curious about other people and countries, curious about new things positive energy that's that's great and we already feel the positive energy in in this discussion which values drive you in life i mean first of all i believe it's very important to be authentic yeah so one of my values is don't do something say something you don't believe in be authentic and that's something which is very important be honest be trustworthy so that people believe in you because great leaders today I need examples. And if you want to be a good example, you have to be authentic and trustworthy. 
Thank you very much. And for the audience that perhaps doesn't yet know very well Monica, she has really a long list of titles in all direction. And I will share them also in, in the show notes that you can find out and you will find also all this information in Monica's LinkedIn profile. But now, seeing the, how important is the time, let's kick off this game, Strategy for Sustainable Growth, and start kick-offing this discussion. How innovative thinking and strategic partnership have driven growth and competitive advantage in your career? So I... I think that especially my times with Unilever, where I was a trainee and then also learned some systematic that we call strategy into action influenced my life. So whatever you do, I think you need a solid strategy. And strategy in my eyes means that you say, what do I want to achieve in five years time, in 10 years time? Ideally, you also know in 10 years time, but at least five years time, where do I want to be? What are my focus points? And then put some specific numbers against that as well. And if you do that, you A, have the advantage that you have a clear focus point. And the second advantage is that you know what you have to do in order to get there. And strategic partnerships is, of course, one of them. And if you lo look at all the Silicon Valley companies, and I had the privilege to stay some month in the Silicon Valley as well, One thing they're doing is strategic partnerships, especially also because they need good people. And if you want to have good people, uh, then look at partnerships, look at people you can work together with in order to fulfill your strategy, be strong and get where you want to be in five years time. Thank you. Perhaps for from your point of view with your career, which, which KPIs, how do you measure progress in, in this strategy that you want to achieve? And it depends also on the company, of course, and the competitive environment. But I think, first of all, of course, top-line growth is pretty important. But we always combine it also with margin, focus on margins. So top-line growth without making profits doesn't really count. And then in recent years, of course, especially now in the insurance industry, I've been looking a lot at customer KPIs, customer numbers, how many contracts do they have, what are loyal customers, retention. So I, it depends very much on the industry you're working in, but that's something you also have to focus upon and say, what are the KPIs that are important for us as a company and how do I align the whole company against certain goals? Because what I don't believe in either is that you have different goals for different departments and then you're getting into trouble because people work towards different objectives. You have to make sure that everything lines up to one bigger goal and people don't work against each other. Oh, that's uh, thank you very much for what you're saying because that's exactly the mindset that have people, uh, teammates playing a soccer game. They all have one target to win the game and everybody's giving something to win the game. All together, they can win alone nobody can can win the game yes which is sometimes not that easy in companies because you have different expertise you have different backgrounds you have different things people have to do and i think that's the big thing to align them towards a bigger goal yeah. and what you mentioned earlier this is really extremely important to have the right people at the right place to manage this uh, these kpis and to achieve results yes What challenges and opportunity have, have you faced in the different markets and how that this shaped your approach to sustainable growth? 
I mean, if you look first of leadership, I think you have to understand how people how people are driven and how you can motivate people. And I give you my first leadership example when I moved abroad. So when I came to Sweden, it took me a while to understand how to lead people. And it's a pretty simple thing, actually. Because if you come from Germany, the Germans are a bit more hierarchical than the Swedes, for example. So I was used to saying, oh, I'm the boss, I tell you what to do, and this is a bit black and white, so don't take it literally. So I'm the boss, I tell you what to do, and then people start working. So in Sweden, you have to discuss with everybody, everybody gives you their opinion, and then you start working in the project. And I think this balance between <laughs> what is the cultural background, what do you need in a certain situation, because sometimes it's important to say, up, do, and we don't discuss. I think that's something which is extremely valuable and helps you to achieve your strategic goals. So number one, I would say, is leadership. Understand the culture of a team, of, of a company, of a country, and then use a certain style in order to achieve your objectives. And then, of course, it's important to understand the customers because the customers and the habits in the countries are not the same either. So, so is it, I mean, a very simple example, is it more a margarine culture and not a butter culture, for example? Yeah. What are the main competitors, uh, how they position themselves? When I was in Sweden, I was once responsible for margarine and, and yogurt. And that was also quite different in Sweden compared to Germany. And if you just take your German examples and then put it into another country, it unfortunately doesn't work. And then, of course, everybody knows that the American culture is quite different when it comes to leadership style and, and working style as well. I talked to a young American yesterday, and she was very happy being in, in Germany for a while because she also said it's so important to understand the differences. And one of the things she, of course, valued quite a lot, and don't laugh because it's a simple example, that we have more vacation in Germany when you work in a company compared to the States. She really liked it a lot. It's, it's not a joke because when I was working at Accenture, uh, we had a lot of contacts with our American colleagues. And there were always the discussion, oh, you have five weeks vacation. We don't have that and we don't take vacation. And when I was working in uh, big banks, I was working with, with Americans. And also there, it was the big discussion. They told us, yes, we have vacation, but we are not taking vac the vacation because for us, it's not normal to go out and to, to have uh, leave. They, they have one, two weeks a year where they are were allowed to go. And therefore, it's, it's from a cultural point of view, it's completely different. And then look at Sweden. I mean, and also France, by the way. In Sweden, everybody takes vacation around midsummer because there you have, I mean, the longest day in the year. And they take a minimum of two to three weeks. And whenever I come there and say, oh, after 10 days, I have to go back again because I have a lot of work, they always believe I'm a bit crazy and a workaholic because they're used to two to three weeks during midsummer. And if you vanish after 10 days, they believe something is wrong with you. Cleared. It's really interesting that you are doing this, this comparison. Which is the, the culture that you value the most and why? What I think is good that you live, look at the different cultures and look at the positive things because every culture has something good. Yeah? 
If you look at the states, and everybody knows that as well. I mean, the the mistake culture is pretty good. Yeah, they they don't break together if they made a mistake. They say we made a mistake, we learn, and we go. Yeah? And even if they only have eighty percent of the information, they go and then learn on the way. In Germany, you have to be pitch perfect, uh, 150%. Otherwise, nobody will start anything. And I think that balance between sometimes just trying something and then learn on the go, but in certain cases also making sure that you have all the information you need is something which is good. In, in Sweden, like I said, it is very important to take everybody on board. If they don't have everybody on board, they will not move, which is also good because the buy-in of the team is very high. And that's something which I believe is very important if you have a project that is big and everybody has to be involved. Thank you very much. As an highly influential CMO, how do you see the, the your role evolving in the context that we know sustainable growth, brand development and what it's happening? Look, if I look at my FMCG times, I think that the role of the brand CMO was more driving business and we were also profit and loss responsible. And I think that's something which I believe a CMO has to have in his or her mind as well. Yeah? So have a business strategy. You have to feel responsible for the business KPIs that are defined and then go. Other industries, I see still that CMOs believe they're responsible for market insights, advertising, and, and some nice pictures. And I'm also overdoing it. It's a bit simplistic. But I, to, I, I sincerely believe, and that's nothing new, that a CMO has to think bigger. You have to be responsible for the, the business strategy and also business KPIs. And especially now in the future where we're talking about more technology, artificial intelligence, that's something, and also the customer journey. I think that's something which has to be done. Thank you. And perhaps also from your experience with, with your team, so the teams that you led in the past, how were you able to balance all what you said, for example, keeping the customer in mind, ensuring that we get the profit at the, the margins at the right point in time, technology changes and all what is happening around us that we know it's not always the best thing that, that, that can happen. How can you do that and how you balance that? In the end, it's, it's coming back again to your strategy. So what do you want to achieve and what are the key levers to get there? And then it's not like you write a strategy and then it's done. And then you look at it again in five years time. What you have to do is check your strategy, check the main levers every year, at least once, and, and then adapt and change if necessary. If you have well-written strategy, everybody buys into, that's also important. I think you can set a clear focus point. Uh, you can define four or five key strategic levers. Everybody is aligned against, and that helps you in this whole thing of technology, diversity, sustainability, to, to have an overview and focus on the right things. Thank you. And perhaps for, for the audience, what's your personal secret what you are leveraging in order to keep up with all this information that that are happening nowadays i'm a big fan of networks and my children always say oh mom you network thinking i'm like yes you have to build networks 
Because if you have a good network with knowledgeable people, you can call them, you can talk to them, and you can keep up with all the information you need. And I came back, just came back from Hamburg yesterday where we had a big network meeting with executive, executive level colleagues, and we talked two days about uh, artificial intelligence. And I think that's something you need. You sometimes have to take time out and talk about certain topics from different perspectives. We talked B2B, we talked B2C, we talked ethics as well, and the latest development in the market. And that's something which needs to be done because otherwise you're stuck in your own box and I think we need to develop. The other thing is what I really very often do is talk to my children because they have a completely different perspective as well. It's not the executive level perspective, but they think about technology and use technology in a completely different way compared to me. And that's why I discussed with them quite a lot as well and what they are doing at university and how they see things in order to get the younger perspective and, and see what they have in the back of their minds. So talk to people, build a network, and make sure that, I mean, you cannot keep up with everything all the time, but make sure you have certain events people, networks, where you churn information. Thank you very much. And I think you are already touching one topic that I would like to deep dive on. It's diversity and inclusion. How do you believe diversity and inclusion contribute to, to the success of a company? I mean, there's so many studies that show if you have a diverse team, you're better and you have better business results. Because this exactly brings you this Pippi Langstrom thing, which I like. Yeah, I've never tried it before, but I'm pretty sure that I will succeed. Yeah? So, and, and she was always a rebel. Or she is a rebel. She's, I mean, she's not a real person, but she's described as a rebel. She thinks out of the box. She's not conventional. And I think that's something we need to look at and try to find the right people that are different compared to us in order to get different perspectives as well. And then statistics show you are also better in your business results. And that's something that is not that easy because studies also show that we have a tendency to recruit people that are more the same than they are different to us. So we have a slight tendency to recruit people who, who think the same, who talk about the same, who look the same. And that's something we have to turn around and say, I deliberately get together with people that are different compared to myself, that challenge me and open the box in order to be future-proof. Thank you very much. And thank you very much also for joining this podcast, Diverse People, speaking about diverse topics. Taking care of the time, this game is coming to an end. And in the extra time, I still have three questions for the last three minutes for you. In 10 years time from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. What we are discussing about? I mean, 10 years time, you will not see me alone. I will be here together with my avatar because I believe that my avatar will be good enough in 10 years time to answer some of your questions, especially those where you need a lot of facts and figures, which I might have forgotten, but my avatar knows. My avatar also knows what we discussed today. So I think that artificial intelligence will will have developed so far that you will have two of us in the future and will enjoy 
two sides of the coin, A, very rational facts and figures, and I will then provide the more emotional perspective of the whole thing. And I'm looking forward to that. Me too. What's the best way to contact you? LinkedIn is a good way to contact me. I'm a fan of LinkedIn. I have a good network on LinkedIn and you will see me in a violet blazer smiling in the camera. So I think that's something you can all of you can use and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. And to the audience, please follow Monica Schulze because she is really sharing a lot of great content on LinkedIn and you will find all the information in the contact details. We are coming to the last questions. Is Monica's golden nugget? It's something that we discussed or something new to leave to the audience? My golden, oh, I have three golden nuggets, but I will make it short. So always be open for new things. And I think that was something which we discussed earlier. Strategy interaction is also something I am a big believer in because we are very good at PowerPoints, but the thing is get into action. So, and the third thing is enjoy your life because only if you enjoy your life, you can be good professionally and in private life, by the way. Thank you. And I think it's very linked also to your values, these uh, three golden nuggets. Thank you for sharing them with us. Monica, please stay with me. To the audience, it's everything. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. We love feedback. Feel free to contact Monica, to follow Monica on LinkedIn and let us know what you think about this episode. Thank you very much, Monica. And thank you very much to the audience. Greg, thanks a lot as well. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget. We are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you!